0: Good morning, and let me welcome you again to the workshop. We are really glad that you're here. I want to introduce the speaker this morning, and it really is a privilege. I met Ronnie through the Renew Network two or three years ago, and uh, it wasn't very long after I met him that I was uh, impressed with his love for God, his love for people, and his approach to anything that needed to be done uh, in order to advance the kingdom Uh, as we talked about little things that he was doing to help disciple the people he was working with i was amazed by his discipline and his focus both of which i can struggle at and then last year for those who were last year you got to hear ronnie for the first time and he instantly became a favorite of the Crossings. And he became a favorite of the crossings because in the middle of a time of divide, Ronnie was a force for the kingdom and the voice of the kingdom. And I believe that that resonates for those of us who are torn and pulled by other voices. And I think that's most of us. So we were thrilled whenever we were, were able to uh, to get Ronnie to come back again. And uh, I've got to know his wife and, and his kids a little bit. And it's just a, a great privilege to be able to introduce Ronnie into. a uh, to uh, pray for him. So I'm gonna ask Ronnie to come up and I'm gonna pray and then you can give him a warm welcome after the prayer, all right? Father, right now, it's just cool to be here, Father, and it's uh, it's just an often privilege, Father, to be able to know that uh, your servant, Ronnie, is going to deliver your truth in a way that challenges us and motivates us to be more of what you want us to be. So Father, I pray that as he speaks that your spirit will guide him, Father, that he will have the courage that your spirit would inspire and the wisdom, Father, that would, be, uh, that would amaze us as his words are bigger than he is. So, Father, bless him as he speaks. Father, bless us as we listen. I had somebody tell me one time, it's not, it doesn't make any difference if we're on speaking terms, if we're not on listening terms. So, Father, help Ronnie to speak. And, Father, help us to listen. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Can you stay up here for a second? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Check one, two, check one, two. You guys can hear me? I just don't know if it's just me hearing myself. Okay. Uh, Well, I I just wanted to start off with um, just sharing with the church and with you, Robert, that uh, we're just so inspired uh, by this church, by this ministry. Uh, You are truly blessed um, because The staff, the leaders, the small group leaders, uh, their desire is just to make Jesus Lord and to point you uh, to the Father. And, you know, when we uh, are here, when we are fellowshipping with people, when we're talking with people, when people greet us, uh, whether they know us or not, I mean, it's just obvious that you're not just talking the talk, that you're really trying to walk the walk and um it's an honor i pray that you don't take it for granted uh the youngest uh, to the oldest that you don't take this the, for granted um because god's spirit is truly here and i just wanted to thank you so much um you know just looking at your life and your family and um just the dreams and the faith that you have it's so inspiring and um you know, it's it's one thing to be invited back. It's another thing to be invited back right away, because you know you just you just don't know. And um, so it it is an honor for us to be here. And I did want to say that um, you know you picked for me to speak on pride. And there's a couple of ways that you can a person can take that. Um, one is. Okay, he, he knows that I struggle with pride, and I'll get into that in a moment because I want God's grace to be on the lesson, so it's a good way to start off. But, um, you know, it's also, it's, it's also teaching me what ministry is about because it's like ministry 301, I think, because when you have a topic like pride, I mean, raise your hand if you've, if you've studied out pride or spoken on pride, and then something happens to teach you about pride. Anybody? So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's probably a good ministry move to, to not give the topic to one of your staff, one of the home team, so that they aren't embarrassed by their congregation. And it's, it's something you give to the away team, which I, I'm fine with today, but uh, I love you, brother. Thank you so much. So, uh, we're going to talk about the pride of life today, and, um, you know, I'm I'm not an expert in expelling this from life. Uh, I am definitely more of an expert in what pride looks like. Uh, I can be extremely prideful. My wife will tell you, uh, you know, she's going to have to leave the auditorium at some point, so don't. You know, ask her for a lot of details on that. You'll be here for a while. Uh, pride has uh, caused me to, you know, try to look better than I am. Uh, it's been a problem in my household. It makes, makes it harder for me to say sorry to my kids when I need to. Uh, and the problem is, honestly, is I'm usually right. Uh, and it's just a hard pill to swallow when you are right. You, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you're right. And now you have to act like you're not. And um, it's just frustrating to have to do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, pride has made me do things that I just look like an idiot because I, I'm trying to pretend that I'm something that I'm not that I'm more important than I am, that I'm more powerful than I am, and that my way should go versus God's way or or the right way. And I, I think that you would agree that if there's anything that needs to be canceled in our lives, it's pride. If there's anything that needs to be canceled, I mean, it's our pride. If there's anything that should be banned, that we should no longer support. Uh, if there's any artist that we should not follow, that we should delete all their songs, you know, not stream them, not give them any more support, uh, never watch their films. If there's any, if there's anyone, if there's any artist, it is pride itself. And here's a couple of reasons why. Proverbs 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. Haughty spirit is is that look of disdain that we have, where we look down on others. It's something that God hates. Proverbs 29, verse 23, pride brings a person low. Where there is strife, there is pride. Proverbs 13 verse 10 and 11 verse two, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. What has a longer history of abuse than pride? What has a, a longer history of destruction of disrespect, of deceit, of corruption, of misconduct, of sexual misconduct than pride. Our pursuit of being godlike, our pursuit of doing what we want, and treating people like they are lower than us. I mean, what has more of a history of destruction than pride? And this is why 1 John says, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. For anyone, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. What is pride? Pride is exalting oneself over people and God. That's what pride is. When we exalt ourselves over people and God, it's overshining. It's trying to get the shine. It's trying to get the attention, the glory, the accolades, the the respect, the applause, whatever it is. That's what pride is. It's taking glory and praise that should be reserved for God Almighty and taking it for ourselves. Does that sound familiar? It's expressed in how we walk. It's expressed in, in some of the swag that we, that, we, that we try to have when we walk in a room or when we start that video. It's a swollen estimate of our own powers that caused us to look down on others and, and, and treat people with contempt. I mean, here's the thing. We wouldn't have the title for this weekend if it wasn't for pride. I mean, cancel culture. The reason why we have this culture is because of pride. Does that make sense? There would be no cancel culture. There would be no Enthusiasm towards looking down on people and saying, they are horrible. I would never be like that. I would never do that. It's birthed out of pride. Fueled by looking down on others. In Proverbs 6, verse 16 and 17, it says, there are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. And the first one on the list are haughty eyes. Eyes that look down. Eyes that say, I am better than you. I would never do what you do. And it's often why, I mean, it's whenever we participate in the cancel culture Whenever our hearts go there, we're participating in something that God hates. Something God hates. Something that he detests. And, and maybe it's because it reminds him so much of Satan. Maybe it's because it reminds him of, of a being that that believes that he should be worshipped more than God. And here's the thing. The world loves it. I mean, let's be honest. We like pride. It gets more views. I mean, we're entertained by it. I mean, the more prideful, the personality, sometimes it's like, we've got to watch. I mean, you know, we kind of like it. More followers, more money, more confidence. Sometimes more respect. And and sometimes it just looks like the people that are filled with pride and this confidence of self, sometimes it, it seems like they're winning in life, doesn't it? Have you ever felt that way? It looks like they're they're getting more work, more opportunities, more success. But here's something that God says. Through his spirit in Proverbs 16, verse 5. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. Isaiah two verse 12, for the Lord of heaven's armies has a day of reckoning. He will punish the proud and mighty and bring down everything that is exalted. God has his day of reckoning and he will bring every prideful person down, everyone that is exalted. So, this is why we have to humble ourselves. We've got to take every opportunity to cancel pride in our lives. We've got we've to keep a safe distance from this because we want to be embraced by God. We don't want to be opposed by God, right? A lot of us were familiar with what James says, right? That God gives, he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Again, let's go back to 1 John. When it talks about the pride of life, some of the other translations... Uh, Sorry if the slides are a little out out of sync here. But some of the other translations, the New Living Translation says, pride in our achievements and possessions, or obsession with status and importance. And NIV says, the boasting of what he has and does. Anytime we are taking credit for something that, is, that we have accomplished in our lives or a blessing that we received, anytime we do that, we're crossing over into this pride of life. It's an expression of the pride that First John speaks about. So we've gotta cancel this. We all love it. We all struggle with it. We all want to be worshiped. We all wanna worship ourselves. And, you know, we wanna feel better about ourselves, but we've gotta cancel this. So how do we do this? Let's get to the, the good news, amen? The good news of how we can overcome. How can we overcome pride? Well, we have to crave prayer we have to develop a strong appetite for prayer. You know, when you think about our heroes of the faith, they were people of prayer. Moses was a man of prayer. And he was a humble man. Jesus was a man of prayer. He lived on prayer. And we have to do the same. Prayer is the ultimate expression of humility. The ultimate expression of worship. It communicates to God that we need him. We can't do anything without him. And the spirit tells us to pray continually. So we have to crave prayer. Do we have anyone pregnant? in the room today that knows it? I'm not trying to be a prophet. I'm not gonna, you know, wait a minute. I'm feeling the, f- no, I'm not doing that. Uh, who, who's, okay. We've got one over here. How many months? Nine. All right, she's by the exit. That's awesome. Okay, over here, seven months, all right six months okay great all right well you know the spirit says through Paul that Christ needs to be formed in us you know he he tells the church that he is he's going through a lot of pain until Christ is formed in the church and that's what we're all going through all right and they they have a little bit more you know they have a an acute understanding of what it's like for a life form to form inside of you. And there's a lot that goes with that, right? Because, you know, when, when Christ is being formed in you, yeah, at first, it's not that noticeable. But there's a point where it's unnoticeable. I'm only asking how many months you are because you're sitting down. I can't see, you know, I can't see the whole picture But what happens is when a life form is forming in you, uh, eventually it starts to overshadow you. It's the first thing that people see. And that's what the prayer is, that Christ will be seen in us more than ourselves. But in order for that to happen, our appetite has to change. I mean, one of the first signs that someone has a life form in them is that their, their appetites change. And this is... This is what happens with when, with many women that are pregnant. And have, have you ever heard of some of the weird cravings that, that women will have when they're pregnant? Uh, you know, Shamara had some, and it, it made us look into it, and then we were finding out about all these women that were craving dirt. Uh, I know that sounds like, you know... I, that I've I've left the lesson, I'm going on somewhere else, but stay with me for a moment. (laughs) Craving dirt. I mean, like walking beside cars and running their finger along the side to get a taste. And in Haiti, we found out that there, there are places where they make mud pies. Really, they sell mud pies to pregnant women. I mean, they're creative with how to get this dirt inside. Now, I don't, you know, I don't understand all the science behind that, but some believe that it has to do with a deficiency of iron that, that makes them crave these things. But the point is, a lot of times it has to do with the development of this child that this is going to help. And in order for Christ to be formed in us, Christ who lived on prayer, we're gonna have to pray more. We're gonna have to digest prayer more. We're gonna have to have an appetite for prayer and we're gonna have to be creative in how we pray. That it's not just quiet on our knees, that we've gotta do whatever it takes. We gotta get creative. We got to make some prayer pies, whatever it is. You know, when we see a car, we got to think, "Let me get some prayer. Let me pray about where I'm going." But we've got to we got to crave it in our lives that this is how we can overcome pride. Is show God that we will worship Him more, that we will that we will pray more than we eat, because. We want him to be number one. And we want, we want Christ to be formed in us. We want Christ to cover us. We have to crave prayer. Number two, if we're going to overcome, if we're going to cancel pride in our lives, we have to reject ownership. What do I mean by that? You know, often in life, we need to take ownership for things that we've done but to overcome pride we have to reject ownership why do I say that you know uh, in first John it says that you know the boasting of what he has and does you know you can't boast about something you don't have or you shouldn't you can't boast about something you don't own and as disciples of Jesus, we have to decide that we don't own anything anymore. That we're not going to take ownership for anything, any blessings, any gifts, anything in our lives that we are going to surrender it all to God. That we're not going to own anything, and that's what Luke 14 is about. Luke 14 where it talks about You know, suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for what? Will, Will ask for terms of peace. And Jesus says that unless you give up everything you have, you cannot be his disciples. You've got to surrender it all. That means you own nothing. You don't own your shirts. You don't own your shoes. You don't own your home. You don't own your gifts. You don't own any of your accomplishments. We've got to reject that. We've got to reject those thoughts in our hearts, those thoughts in our minds. We've got to reject that impulse to say, yes, I did it. We've got to give the glory to God. Everything belongs to him. Even your ability to work hard and develop skill and the motivation that you have to to do what you do, it comes from God. Jesus lived this way. Jesus didn't own any of his words. He said it all comes from God. He didn't own any of his ways. The miracles, he said they were done by God. He didn't do these miracles. We've seen it in in, in the Gospels where someone gets healed and he's not paying attention. He doesn't even know who it was. Everything he did, he gave the credit to God. We have to do the same, amen? We have to reject ownership and last but not least, we have to serve others. We have to live a life serving others. What does that mean? You know, Jesus, He lived to serve. He put other people's needs before His own. And that's why Philippians 2 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. We'll talk more about this for those of you that are at the next class. We'll, We'll talk more about serving people. But as disciples of Jesus... We have, to, we have to have a passion to serve people that are in need. It has to be what our lives are about. You know, our kids go to a school, a uh, charter school, and a lot of charter schools do this. You cannot graduate unless you have 50 hours of service Every year, like, you know, at the at, you can't graduate until you have averaged at least 50 hours of service for every year that you've been in school. You can't graduate. That's about an hour a week, a little less than that. You know, they have the summers, they, they take into account the summers, but it's still 50 hours. And this is a secular institution for us as disciples, we know that Jesus lived to serve people, that this is how we're going to make disciples. It's the first expression of, of love, of God's love. And, you know, at at our church, we're saying, hey, we, every week, find a way to serve someone every week. And we're not telling you to just only do that. You know, it needs to be something that we do daily, but if we're trying to make disciples, we have to, we have to show that we care about the needs of people. And that was Jesus' life. This is one way that we can imitate him. But it also puts us, it puts others' needs above our own. And this will help us, this will help Christ to form in us when we serve others. I hope this makes sense. We've got to cancel pride in our lives. We have to be devoted to prayer. Only God can save us from this. Only God can cancel this. I mean, it's not even something we can do on our own strength. That's why we have to pray. That's why we have to call on God. We've got to, we have to crave prayer in our lives. We have to reject ownership. We've got to give all the glory for everything that happens in our lives to God. And it can't be just something that we say. We have to mean it. It has to be something that we say in our minds over and over again throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year that we're giving the credit to God. And that leads us to serve other people, to put their needs above our own. Let's cancel pride in our lives. Let's help one another with this. Let's pray together. Let's serve others together. And to God be the glory. Amen.